Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, episode 220. The Olympics happen to be going on, so I figured we'd... Uh, this Olympic... Uh, Olympic. Olympic edition. Olympic. We should do the Olympics. That's, the a, that's the an Olympic, online version yes. of the Olympics. Or the Olympics if you're Apple. <laughs> the Olympic the version put. of Craft Beer Radio. In fact, we have an Olympic lineup of beers, because I was at uh, the, the Chalet premiere, and these beers spoke to me in a way that said, Greg... Get these beers on the show. I didn't. Now, can you name the song? No. I only know because I listen to NPR and that makes me smart. It's called A Bugler's Dream and it's an older song, but uh, this version here is from John Williams. So. There we go. Fade out. All right. Anyway. Enough with the copyright infringement. On to. But we were. I think that's fair use. No, it's definitely not fair use. Never mind. <laughs> Just teasing. All right, so... Wow, which one do you want to do first? I'll do this crazy okay. pink one. All right, so we'll start with the... Uh, this was a beer that they were kind of you know yelling at me to, to buy as soon as I walked in the door because it was like posted on, we only have so much of this, blah, blah, blah. This is the Rogue... Bacon And we're going to use my ale. silliest bottle opener. Yeah, so this is a hammer. silly beer. It is a big pink bottle. The Bacon Maple Ale. Uh, it's a brown ale. It's called Voodoo Donut. It is 14 degrees Play-Doh, 30 IBU, 30 degrees Lava Bond, 76 AA. Pigs. How many pigs are in it? Mm. Uh, they c- call it a brown ale. Their suggested food pairings are donuts and pork. Uh, it is malted with Bryce Cherrywood smoked malt, Wireman Beechwood smoked malt, House Smoked Hickory malt, Great Western Two Row Munich C15 and C75 malts. It has specialty adjuncts of applewood smoked bacon and pure maple flavoring. The hops are Pearl and Sterling, and it's Pac-Man yeast and free-range coastal water. It smells, it smells good. It smells a little bit like a donut. <laughs> there is no on 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 this or on their site. There's no alcohol listing. I don't know why. Well, from the 14 Play-Doh, and uh, you can kind of estimate where it comes in at. Um, oh, jeez. Yeah, we have I mean, to do math. Well, right, but I, it's been a while since I've even thought about Play-Doh. So, but you can like know where like 12 Play-Doh is on average this kind of beer, 14 on average is that kind of beer. Because it doesn't tell you the final gravity, but it's the original. But the final gravity, you can kind of assume, is around a certain point. So right? what would you guess? Because I have the number. Oh, you do have the number. I do have the number. I would say it's about 7.5. You'd be wrong. Okay. It is, at least according to the advocate of beers, such that they are, 5.6% alcohol by volume. Okay, well, you made me guess. I did. And like I said, it's I been a while since I've really paid attention to Plato's. Wait, so. well, interesting enough, Rate Beer has a different alcohol wave line. They say 6.5. Yeah. 
getting closer. Is there another <laughs> another website that's going to be another percent higher? That'll be dead on. How about rateadvocate.com? So what's interesting to me is that it smells very much like Ooh, a. There, there's a there's an idea for you. Set up a website rateadvocate.com, and then we can just review the absurd beer reviews on either site. <laughs> Okay. So it smells it smoky. A, it has a lots neat, of maple. Neat aroma. Lots of maple. It it does taste like a maple donut or smells like a maple donut or something. There's a lot of breadiness going on there. Uh, not too much smoke or bacon in the smell, but yeah, big maple. Well, there's bacon, and that's really what I mean. Just there's smoke rather, and that's really what bacon smells like. It smells mm-hmm. like smoke and pig fat, and I wouldn't expect much in the way of pig fat to be coming off of this. So. Get a little more of the woody flavors in the flavor. That's neat. <laughs> That's kind of a kind of a slap in the tongue, like "Whoa, wake up!" It's um, hmm. I mean, maple's that de- like I said, maple's definitely coming through. There's a good hint of smokiness. Um, the bacon. Is is kind of it's more implied than it is than you're tasting there, bacon. There, but there's some things there that are kind of like bacon, like like if you're using bacon fat to cook something like a couple weeks ago. Well, it's the smokiness. But it, yeah, you, yeah okay, maybe it is the smokiness. Like a couple weeks ago, I had um, I found this thing at the bottom when I went camping, but it was it was called mush, but it was basically like like it was in a package in a sausage tube, you know, like those things so it was you know about a pound like a sausage but it was just corn it was a cornmeal slash polenta somewhere in there and um fried some of that up with you know bacon fat instead of butter oh that was really tasty stuff and i'm getting a lot of similar flavors so maybe it's the smoke that was in the bacon fat you know but pairing it with something that's a grain like the cornmeal you know really brings some similar flavors out here so the thing that's getting me though is that they didn't use well, they say pure maple flavoring. They don't say pure maple syrup. They say pure maple flavoring. Yeah, but most things that people think of maple syrup are not maple syrup. Yeah. No, yes, that's true. But the the point is that it's a it's a flavoring chemical compound. It's not an actual mm-hmm. syrup. And I think that that is coming through, at least in the second sip. There's a little bit of a... A stringency, I think, that you get with that maple that kind of calls out the fact that it's it's flavoring. It's a little it's a little thick, a little heavy, it's kinda of like, you know, that raspberry flavoring in Yeah, the, they probably wouldn't have got the maple donut type flavor if they would have used maple syrup though. And I think they were going more for the donuts and bacon type Yes. Feel. And if they used Vermont maple syrup, it would Michigan have fermented out into something different. Yeah, it wouldn't have really tasted like Maple donuts and bacon. You know, I bet you you could have found a way to get maple flavoring here in a more natural way than just actually putting just a chemical flavor in, in there. See, I'm, I'm not, it's not bothering me as much. You know, you know, I'm thinking of like where we have you know fruited beers that are obviously a fruit extract. Like the time that you know you brewed that wheat beer, that raspberry wheat, we used the raspberry extract, right? Right. Had a certain medicinal quality to it. You know, I'm not really getting anything that's, like, too similar to that. I'm, like, really complaining about that part of it. It's fascinating. It's different. And I'll give this to Rogue. It's, it's an example of them going beyond their 
Uh, you know, they're trying something really different here. Um, I, well, we know from the last show, I'm not a big smoked beer fan in the first place, so it's not really right in my alley. But I give them, I give them props for 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 going for it. That's that's interesting. I I don't have a ton to say about it other than it has the certain all those wood smokes that they use gives it a really neat flavor. It's, I, I'm surprised that you're you know listening to the last two shows plus this one. We know that Greg does does not like smoked beers. I'm surprised he really called this one a smoked beer because it's really not hitting me as a smoked beer. Oh, it's definitely hitting me as smoke. Oh, big time. Different types of smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's that's the first thing I smell. The first thing I'm tasting here is is smoke. I mean, you may be um, you may be tasting more of the bacon than I do, but I don't taste bacon. I mean, I really don't. I just taste the smoke, and um, it's not my favorite thing in the world. And then the medicinal quality that I think the uh, the maple flavoring gives it. Yeah, it's it, it's not my cup of tea, but as a novelty beer. Uh, I can see it being sort of an interesting thing. It's big pink bottle. It, yeah. it, it, I mean, I'm definitely tasting more rendered bacon fat than bacon. Like I said, when I use the bacon fat to you know cook up that cornmeal, you know that's that's the flavor. The crispy part of the cornmeal that has that bacony flavor. That's what I'm tasting, and it kind of makes sense because that's a grain. You know, it's corn versus barley, but it's a caramelized grain with that. Maybe it's the smoke essence. I never really attributed it, you know, purely to the smoke, but I just attributed it to the bacon as a whole. Um, but no, it's a neat, it's a good flavor. This would um, this would go very well with pancakes. With uh, oh god. The crispier, the better. You know, you get a, mm-hmm. like a, if you can get some of the, like, like get a gourd. Oh, just a stack and, and get some sausages or bacon on the side mm. and, and hash browns. So some very crispy hash browns, mm. home fries, something like that. Home fries with really thick, you know, caramelized skins. This would, oh, be, yeah. this would be a great way to do hair of the dog the next day. <laughs> get this and a big bacon, uh, you know, bacon and, and, and uh, pancake. Oh, over easy probably, eggs with toast. I mean, uh, just you, you would probably breakfast. feel so much better for for two hours, and then you'd feel te- feel terrible again. But for those two hours, <laughs> this would just this you just screams would everything. Because awesome. like, you know, over easy eggs, dipping some toast in there, you know, go great with that. Just it just screams breakfast. Yeah. Save it for breakfast. I think I might do that. Greg didn't sound like he loved it, so that's nope. mine. Now you can save that pink one. Choose, but choose wisely. Um, let's do the Russian River. Oh, Sierra Nevada. We wouldn't and be Russian able to. River, yes. Right, it's a collaboration between the two, but it wouldn't be here if it wasn't distributed by Sierra Nevada. Right. This is Brooks Brew, I believe. I believe it's called Brew. Well, the B R U X is the name, and it comes from the Brettanomyces bruxellensis. Oh, okay. From Brussels, so, so I would call it Brooks. All right, Brooks. B-R-U-X, it is a collaboration between Sierra Nevada and Russian River. <laughs> when Jeff found out that he was going to be doing a Russian River today, he was like, ah, blah, blah, blah. I don't know, I just wasn't expecting it. You don't expect the Spanish Inquisition. You don't expect to find Russian River in Ohio or Pennsylvania. Unless you're a lucky Philadelphia 
dweller who gets plenty of the elder. So, what is Brux? Well, it uh, is a beer. It's a dry and complex Belgian-style ale refermented in the bottle with Britannomyces bruxellensis. They call it a domesticated wild ale. So it's an ale fermented first with Belgian yeast, and then secondary bottle fermentation is with Brett. It's a little over 8% alcohol. Uh, Brewed and bottled by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, Chico, California, in collaboration with Russian River Brewing Company. And on the back, let's see, you've got to make sure there's no marketing speak. Admiration between Ken and Chilersos. Um, friendship. Um, just, uh, you know, Ken Grossman and Vinny and Natalie Chilerzo. Uh, he respected each other, they became friends, and they said, hey, let's make some beer. <laughs> and they decided to make Brooks. So, put up to my nose, take a whiff, I just smell that zing from carbonation. You know, that's really the first thing I get. And maybe I get something that's a little... A little outdoorsy, a little straw-like... You know, maybe I got a little bit of that, but mostly it was just the zing. Yeah, I mean, it's got a Saison kind of funkiness to it. You know, so there's a little bit of, of the leather, or the cracked leather, a little bit of that. A little I mean, bit of the yeah. of the wet hay. Yeah, now that I'm digging in, I'm getting a little bit more, but really that first sniff was just the carbonic acid just mm. digging into my nose. You know, it was really sharp and tinny. And it just kind of dug into your nose. But now I'm smelling it. I'm getting some more um, mm-hmm. agricultural type mm-hmm. flavors out of it, aromas out of it. It's a nice uh, golden color. It's got a lot of nucleation sites in this particular yeah, glass. It's, it's, it, it is boiling in there. Yeah, it didn't you know, foam up or anything when we popped it. But it's definitely on the higher end of the carbonation scale. Um, the spear, and, and I think Brett gives you, you know, if you, if you second ferment with Brett, I believe that gives you a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, the Brett's going to really drop. It can really drop the gravity, right? So you can get a lot of secondary fermentation, and with the cork on, there's not much room for that. To, no place for that to go, so mm-hmm. it will build up the carbonation. You know, brewers will account for that typically, and they'll, um, you know, maybe they'll bottle it undercarbonated. So it doesn't get, you know, too yeah. carbonated on the thing. But again, this is probably supposed to be a pretty highly carbonated beer. So I really want to sip well, it. I have one of those in my car for you. So. Okay. I really want to sip it before I work too much carbonation out, even though the aroma makes me want to work out more carbonation because I'm finding that I'm just smelling that carbonic acid mm-hmm. and not really smelling too much of the beer. But I want to take a sip before I really swirl it around too much. That's neat. There's some fruit flavors going on there. You get a little bit of pineapple. Mm-hmm. If you're expecting like a, a big a, a big super sour, it's not. It's it's um you know there's there's hints of tartness there, uh but there's it, it's a little bit saison. It's a little bit whippier. Yeah. It's um yeah like I said pineapple some pear. 
Lots of good fruits. It tastes like there's probably a fair amount of wheat in. The, well, I don't know. It's super. It's fairly. It's really clear, but it the, has a wheat the, flavor going. The on level there. of tartness and sourness I'd compare to maybe an, an apricot or something like that. Uh, so it's not like it. it this, this is not a lime. This is not a lemon. Oh. This is and it's not uh, one of those Russian River spontaneous yeah, fermented beers. Yeah. There, second sip you get a little more tanginess going on there, but really it's not much more tang than you would get from wheat mm -hmm. in a beer. You know that kind of lemony tang you get from wheat. It's on the same strength of tanginess. There's some there's some green grape. Uh, there's. Little, a little bit, I'd say, a cucumber. Mango. Mango, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to keep the carbonation in. I'm not going to swirl it too much because it works very well. It scrubs your palate clean. And, you know, but it makes it a very dry beer. Lots of fruit flavors, and then they just kind of get wiped off. And it's a very nice play between mouthfeel flavor and you know palate cleansing. David taste this. A little broccoli. No, I'm not picking up broccoli. I'm almost always, you know, almost everything I'm tasting is in the fruitier side. So like bro like uh, cucumber is kind of hard for me to pull out, but that is a fruit. So yeah. I mean, when I think broccoli, I'm not thinking broccoli florets. I'm thinking more broccoli stems and sort of the sweetness here from them. Like, it, it it's kind of similar to the sweetness you get from carrots. There's you maybe know. okay. So broccoli stems, the, there's a big difference between raw broccoli stems and steamed or you know cooked broccoli stems. The raw ones have a little bit more of a radish character to it, and maybe there's some of that. That's where I'm going. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Like so, like you got kohlrabi, raw broccoli stems, mm -hmm. radish. You got a tiny bit of that. I think radish probably fits better than broccoli, but yeah, I like I like radish. Yeah, radishes are so potent. Let's call it kohlrabi. Daikon. <laughs> I'm not sure what daikon is. It's a it's a Japanese radish, but it's not it's not spicy. It, it has. Okay. Uh, some of that character mm -hmm. and a little bit of sweetness, but without being very spicy like a radish. It's almost like there's some, uh, you know, there's a bit of a whip beer. It's almost like, you know, I'm thinking like parts like a Hogarden. There's really not the coriander, but there it, there might be like the orange peel or something going on in there. Mm -hmm. You know, that that flavor taste, it tastes a lot like that, even though I don't, I don't suspect that they actually put orange peel in here. Um, no, I don't think so. I think this is all the yeast. Mm -hmm. And then again, the it tastes like that that wheaty tang that you get from a whipped beer. You know, uh, I, it's so clear. I don't think. I mean, they could have used wheat and filtered it. I don't suspect that's the case. But there's a certain. I mean, that's just what you get in, yeah. in a bread second fermentation. Well, in this, not now, not in all. In this one, this is good. This is pretty good. If you don't, I mean, you can use Brett in different ways, and and um, I mean, there are some beers. I forget who it was it did an all Brett beer, but it was you know it was not a particularly sour beer. They just fermented. Yeah, all Brett, Brett. Brett typically does not go sour, especially if you use Brett is 100% fermented. Uh, mm -hmm. Wild Devil was one of those. It uh, Wild Wild Manale from Flying Dog is one that's out now. 
Um, so they, they did something that, you know, they have the Raging Bitch, which is their Belgio IPA. Yeah. And they did Wild Ale, which is another uh, poppy golden Belgian, but instead of using, you know, like a, a Trappist yeast, they use uh, a bread. And uh, I'm not a huge fan of that one. It just, it's a little more downtoned. It's a little more muddy where, you know, I've said it before. I never understood the Belgio IPA style mm-hmm. until I had Raging Bitch. And I'm like, oh, okay. I get it. This is good. Yeah, I like Raging Bitch a lot. So, but, so that's more um, that's more a compliment of Raging Bitch than it is a compliment of the Belgio IPA style. Yes. I mean, where I was getting to was, uh, you know, we're talking about Brett Beers and Wild Men's Ale. And I was kind of, I got a little bit off track. Uh, I didn't just want to say that Wild Men stunk. I wanted to say, hey, Wild Men's not my favorite, but I do like Raging Bitch. <laughs> I like it a lot. But this, this is, this is yum. Holy smokes. It's good. Tis good. Tis good. I like the beer. Towards the end, I'm getting a little bit more caramel and and maybe yeah. a little bit of toffee. A nice out of big, it. a nice big sip gives me some of that caramel. I was going for smaller sips, and a nice big one gives me some more of the malty character mm-hmm. in the caramel. Um, yeah, I I'd, I'd I'd say it's in the running for a silver. It really stuck the landing, that's for sure. Mm. Let's save the coffee one. All right. Next one. Another <laughs> beer that I was not aware existed. This is from Brewery Omagong in Cooperstown, New York, which it's kind of um, kind of appropriate because this weekend is Belgian comes to Cooperstown, the huge beer fest they have up there. Mm-hmm. This is a Beer de Garde, and I'm skipping over the name because I'm not sure how to say it. Beer de Hougamont. Hougamont? Well, it's Beer de Garde, so the H is probably silent, so it's Beer de Hougamont. Like, you know, like Hugo. Like, you know, Hugo is Hugo. The name honors the Hougamont or or Hougamont farmstead, the pivotal center of the Waterloo battlefield. Napoleon reportedly failed to take the fortification, then lost the battle and met his Waterloo. 7.3% alcohol by volume. It is through traditional French ale yeast, eight malts, which they won't tell me which ones they were. French strices, hops, and aged on white oak and hard maple wooden staves. It's got quite a pop to it when you remove that cork. But it doesn't foam up. Look at that. There's huh. like, that's crazy. Look how it popped, but there's no nucleation happening. Look at that. Very nice. Ugomo. 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 De Ugomo. So this was, yeah, this was like um, a $15 beer in Ohio. Imagine how much this would cost. 30 here. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, ooh. ooh. It says ooh to the Ugomo. I say ooh to that smell. They, uh, they they pulled a lot of that oak smell out of there. So this pours a, a darker color, a more uh, teaish color. It has a... Jeff is pointing to the CR code that is on the... QR code. QR code. 
My phone's charging upstairs. You're in. All right. So I need to scan it. That's with... really the first uh, beer, especially, you know, rare, you know, one-off seasonal beer. That's a QR code on it. Oh, God. Don't tell me about the latest release. I don't care. <laughs> scan. You must update because we want you to pee now. I said scan. Okay, this, I'll tell you what I'm smelling while Greg's trying to scan the QR code. Good idea. It's on a curve, so maybe it's not going to pick it up. That's that's an interesting smell, so I'm getting bits of... So when, I think Beer to Guard, I, I do not think what I'm smelling here. This has a bit of an alt beer smell to it, so you're getting a little more of that white bread crust, a little more malty... A smell to it, which I don't normally associate with Bearded Guard. Um, a little bit cherry. Oh, it smells really good. I just want to sniff and sniff. It has a bit of a Doppelbock smell going on, like almost like there was a decoction mash or something mm -hmm. like that. There's a little bit of melanoidin formation. Okay. This is part of the All My Gang Innovation series, according to their webpage, which goes to a media or a mm. mobile site uh it doesn't actually tell you about the beer itself it just says it's oh my gang so great job with the qr code guys it's a start it's a start oh my gang ales are incomparable Yielding unique flavors and aromas inspired by deep insight into Belgian brewing, yet infused with the Omegang spirit for creativity. Each ale offers perfect balance and pure drinking pleasure. <laughs> okay. Well, we don't even have to drink it because we already described it. It's pure pleasure it's, it, it, it and already, perfect balance. It already says that on the label, and that's... <laughs> do, do you what do you think about the things I said about the smell alt beer doppelbach cherries you get anything like that or do you think it's more like traditional beer to guard to you well what I would say is that uh, the beer offers a a real real pure drinking pleasure and I think there's a perfect balance <laughs> That's copyright infringement right there, buddy. <laughs> Take that back. Um, so what are you saying? The uh... So the most striking thing I thought was, when I think beer to guard, I think something that's generally a, a more golden type flavor, more Pilsner type back, you know, base to it. And this one, even after taking a sip, if I was drinking this blind, I would say alt beer. It has that more malty it has that white bread crust type flavor to it there's a lot of cherry yes. going on there's a little bit of decoction flavor something you get from like a doppelbock but it's yeah. not string it's yeah. not it's not like your taste when i, I hesitate to say doppelbock because it's such a big flavor it's just a, a fraction of that doppelbock character i i had to think i'd call out belgian but because of the maltiness i would go something along either a belgian strong or a belgian double i would not pull the beer to guard. Yeah, I, I, you know, there's very few styles that I w would say I can't judge. It doesn't, it doesn't fit in with the double at all. But it, I, I may have. Sure. I mean, I mean, beer to guard. I, 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 I do not want people to think I can speak authoritatively about a beer to guard. Right. 
Um, bearded guards and Irish reds are two styles where I've never... I like getting this in there. I don't think... Oh, it does fit. Yeah, bearded guards and Irish reds are two styles that I've never really gotten. Like, I can judge uh, American premium lager, I think, and do a fairly good job at it. That makes sense. I might too. not love it, but I'll know what a good American premium lager is versus a bad American premium lager. Irish red, I can't tell the difference. And bearded guards almost the same thing however this is in my limited knowledge of bearded guards this is a stretch for the style it, it it's good i really like it but i do it i'm I like still it calling lot. it i'm calling it alt beer see maybe leaning towards something Belgian. if they would have taken the flavors here and put these flavors which are sort of comparable to maple into that rogue <laughs> you know i think you would have lost the medicinal quality you would have gotten a little bit of some belgio funk in there but i think they would have been covered by the smoke and you would have had some of these you know the the maple flavors come through without having to go through artificial chemical means this is really good too i thought the the brux was going to steal the show i'm not so sure now this is better than the Brux. This is this is good. Ah, it may be. They're very tight. They're I like them both for different reasons. You like them because they're tight. Well, you got to. <laughs> what else do I got going on here? I got. Oh, okay, so now I'm getting more of the syrup that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not straight maple syrup, but there's something reminiscent of right. of maple syrup going on there. It's maybe it's more of a caramelized simple syrup or something like that. You know, maybe it's uh whatever it is, it tastes better than the maple flavoring in mm-hmm. in the voodoo donut. And it tastes so does it taste more like maple? I say that you know they're they're roughly the same in terms of how close they get to maple, but on different spectrums. But combine this with the smokiness, and you get a pretty a pretty good you know a better combination there it, without the medicinal stuff. Yeah, that comes no, I hear what you're saying. I, I just have to say it. I I, I don't. I don't know. I, I seldom like saying things that are such a wide painting, such a wide swath. But man, if if all bearded guards were, if this was the style instead of what I think the bearded guard style is, it'd be one of my favorites. I mean, this is <laughs> aged on maple, so that's why I get some of it. Oh, is it? And oak. So, oh, that's fascinating. You don't hear about them. You don't hear about things being aged on soft woods like maple very often. Sometimes you hear cherry. So but, maybe if they would have aged this on maple, they would have been able to pull some maple out of it. Yeah. It might have messed with some of their other wood flavors. So I don't know. Maybe they had tried that and uh, it didn't he, work. He's pointing to the rogue just for people that can't aren't watching the video podcast. Which we don't have. Don't have, yes. So who uh, are who do not have Jeff's eyes. <laughs> everyone in the world but me. Yes. Um yeah, I mean, it, it's a neat idea. <laughs> um, man, you're just doing inside jokes that are just for me, and I'm laughing. No fun. Uh, yeah, the maple. You don't think of people using softwoods like maple to, to age beers on. Is beechwood a softwood? But beechwood 
is a neutral. It doesn't give you flavor, right? Right. It, only when you smoke things over right. beechwood does it give you flavors. So beechwood and Budweiser is just surface area. It's a neutral wood. Um, but this, you get a serious maple flavor from this. I'd love to have. It may, it may be like it may be bad for you, but I'd love to have a beer aged on balsa. <laughs> well, there's the. I mean, there's the Palo Santo, right? From yeah, dogfish, yeah, right? right, right. And that's a very aromatic wood. That's you know that's like more aromatic than cedar. It makes you think of like frankincense or something. You know, it's so aromatic. I don't know the hardness. I don't think I like of, that very much. It's very perfumey. I think yeah. I, I don't know that. the hardness of that wood, but it's certainly crazy aromatic wood. All right, last beer. Maple's plentiful. We could definitely age. You definitely age a homebrew on maple chips. You just go in the back, go in the woods over the hill and chop off a limb, <laughs> shred it up. You might get poison ivy in your maple beer. No, I, know, um, I know what it looks like, at least, so I can stay away from that. Our final beer of the night is the McKellar Coffee Tomahawk and Guji Natural Coffee IPA. So I was, I was like misled and a little excited because I looked at the label and it says McKellar... And then in this little banner, it says Kopi, Kopi, uh-huh. K-O-P-P-I. And I'm like, wait a second. Is this the Civet Poop Coffee, Kopi Luwak, K-O-P-I? No, there's two P's, so I missed that. Yeah. But no, Kopi is a, a roaster in yes. Denmark, right? A Swedish, Swedish, Swedish okay. coffee roasting house. Uh, the first batch, uh, so this is the second batch, or this, this is the first batch, rather. Uh, Tomahawk. Um, tomahawk is the hop, and the coffee is the Guji Natural Organic okay, Coffee. So Ethiopia. it's still in the bottle. We can't see anything. Is this beer going to be black, or is it going to be? No, it's not going to be. It's an IPA. It's an. It's... But it's a coffee amber. So I just wanted your opinion. It's going to be. What, it's it's, it's, it's going to look like an, a regular IPA. Give me a glass. Oh yeah, it's golden. Look at that amber. I just wanted to uh, get a you know throw it out there what we what our perceptions were. I wasn't sure. I was thinking it's probably a brownish of some sort. It's not a porter. It's an IPA. I hear you. Now we've had coffee beers that aren't porters and stouts before yes. too. Six point nine percent alcohol by volume. McKellar in Denmark. Aroma hops. We know it's tomahawk, so we look really... at the head on the sucker. Yeah, I tried to pour them gently, but they came up with a big head. Uh, no point in guessing what kind of hop, but let's try to describe tomahawk, what yeah, we're it's a, it. It's a, it's a reddish IPA in terms of the color. It's it's a little fruity, so we're getting. Tangerine, little grapefruit, kind of a mix of those with a leading towards tangerine. Right. Yeah, uh, you know, a pithy tangerine. There's coffee in the flavor. It sure tastes like coffee, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the the aroma is all IPA, and the flavor is. Probably like a 60-40 split, yeah. coffee yeah. And, and and citrusy IPA. 
Now, we have had a beer in the past, which was a coffee beer that which wasn't was a quarter stop. That was the long shot. Right. Uh, and I think it was like a coffee and orange peel or something like that. So it's kind of, again, it was supposed to be like this breakfast um, breakfast thing, but not right. coffee style, coffee porter. It was, I think it was a whippier, like a orange peel. I don't know how much wheat was in it. So this is kind of, it's similar to the Rogue in that it's it's kind of playful. It's, it's let's take a bunch of flavors that people like and let's kind of smash them together and see what happens. And, uh, you know, and, and, and I'm happy that, I, I'm both happy and interested that beers have reached the point, you know, so we do pick the IPAs, we've been talking about that before, where it's IPA co. They've reached a point where the standard stuff you can do is, is gone. You know, you have to just, you know, if you want to do something new and something interesting besides just different types of hops and, 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 and perfecting your type, your hop and malt combination. But if you want to do something new, you play around with other flavors. You you, you do black IPAs. You, you do, um, you, you, you try to put more caramel malt in there or something, but this one is going for okay. Let's put another adjunct in there. Let's throw coffee at it. Does it it's, work? I think it's. I think it's a fight. I think I give it a little more credit. I think it's. I'm impressed that it's not this muddled, muddy mess. It's very sharp. It's coffee and it's hoppy and it's a crisp, sharp well-defined beer it's not this muddy mess that you th- might think you'd get when you try to say hey let's throw coffee in our ipa hey hey hey, hey jeff hey. hey is for horses i will not have that on our show i'm sorry <laughs> i'm so so sorry coffee IPA with Tomahawk hops and McKellar does the brewing. I like now that I can do the soundboard <laughs> thing on the show. This is going to be our new overused gimmick. Remember when we used to do the uh, little oh, reverb do I, stuff do on the soundboard? Back to the good old days. That's when we were still doing What Beer Am I? Yes. Yes. Okay, What Beer Am I? Uh, I'm from Amagang. <laughs> I'm a bearded guard aided on a maple. And we should. Oh, oh, here's what's... a here's a segment we should do on the show. How do you? How are we supposed to pronounce this beer? <laughs> That's a good one, huh? It's a good one, but the, the problem that I think it, authoritative. Yeah, answers. exactly. How are you going to get an authoritative one, and especially when a beer has two possible pronunciations? <laughs> Because it could. Oh, I was just teasing about the whole us not knowing how to pronounce beers. But right. anyway, that's enough of that playful <laughs> aside. You, it'd be funny if we get one like it's guys. It's simple. It's Miller Light. That's how you pronounce it. Miller. Oh, you're Light. ruining our next April Fool show. Could have mm. done that. We could have had crazy pronunciation. We're way past doing April Fools for two years now. I think. No, we only skipped one year. Okay. That, yeah, we'll probably skip another year. We have so. no idea what to do. We are out of ideas. Yeah. All right. We are fresh out. Uh, I guess we rank and we drink some more of these beers while we talk about non-beer things in the post-show. What do you think? That sounds like a reasonable plan. Jeff, why don't you go first? Oh, damn it. Um, 
all the beers were really good tonight, but some of them stood out. And I think I'm going to have to put Omagong number one. Sierra Nevada Russian River. Brooks number two. Uh, Rogue number three. McKellar number four. Now here is why. The the brewery Omagang Beer de Ugomont. Uh, beer de Garde, they call it. I think they're lying. I think it's a alt beer with a little bit of Doppelbach and then a bit of cherries added to it and some maple. Uh, oh, it's just so drinkable, so good. If you like those, Greg, Greg was trying to tie it into a Belgian double. I'm I, no, I, I wasn't trying to tie it into a Belgian double. I'm sorry to jump in, but I don't. I wasn't trying to tie it into okay, a Belgian right. double. I was trying to say that if I had to guess it. Sure. With that sight on the scene, I, I would probably maybe, I would call it something Belgian, and because of the maltiness, it might lead me in okay. double direction. It does not remind me I, of I did not want well, to mischaracterize your comments. But it was taking you in that direction. And while it didn't take me in that direction, it does have a Belgian character, it has a big multi-character, but to me it had that, that, German, that German ale, or that German multi-character to it. Like there was a bunch of Munich malt in there. Um, Really good stuff. Number two is the Brooks. It was another solid beer. It, it was the uh, Belgian ale re-fermented with, with Brett. It had a bit of a wit beer thing going on. It had a lot of great citric fruits. It had the, the pineapple and pear. It uh, changed to that other thing I can't remember right now. But I, I liked it. And I I know he's number two as opposed to the other ones because the other ones, yeah, Mango, that's it. The other ones, they were a little more, they had gimmicks going on with them. They were good beers. They weren't crappy gimmicks, but they were good gimmicky beers. I put the Rogue number three, um, which is kind of a surprise because there was more gimmick in the Rogue than in the McKellar, right? But I liked it. Uh, maple Donut... All that smoky bacon flavor. It it worked better than I could have imagined for such a gimmick beer. Yeah, really good stuff. I know. I've had gimmick beers that have been much better. For example, shorts, strawberry shortcake. He, okay. But aside from shorts, <laughs> shorts, shorts has some kind of evil devil powers to, to make these gimmicky beers. You know, and make of them solid and not gimmicks. You know, a beer that tastes like strawberry shortcake, but it also tastes like beer and it doesn't taste fake. You know, that's that's impressive. Um, and then McKellar Coffee IPA. I I like, you know, hard luck loser, I'd have to say, because I was defending it against Greg, where I thought it was well done for what they were doing. But compared to the lineup tonight, I have to put it in back place. Okay. I, I agree with Jeff. For the most part, I agree that the the first two are leagues ahead of the second two, and I agree with the order of the first two. Oh my gang, it was I think the be- the the better one, and uh, Bearded Guard be damned, it was damn fine beer. It was expensive, so you're you're paying for it, but you're paying for a damn fine beer, so it should be worth it. Um. Don't buy a case. <laughs> you know, buy one or two at most. It might age like crazy. It might age great. 
you know, you say expensive, but you picked it up in Ohio, and me, you know, used the Pennsylvania prices, seeing fourteen ninety nine for a seven fifty. That's not horrible, especially for a beer that good. You know? I had to drive out to Ohio and drive back. The total mileage from where I was in West Virginia mm-hmm. from here to to I went a slightly longer way than usual, so add ten miles, you know, subtract ten miles from this. So about ninety miles to there and back to here. But ninety miles divided by twenty five beers down to only a mile of beer. Well, I'm just saying if you went to get this specific beer. <laughs> sure. Right. Now I hear you. So yeah, expensive, not expensive, it's good. Um try it. Yeah, don't really let the the price Oddly, and I didn't look that closely at V E or too many. I didn't see this one at V E though. Oh, you got this one at uh Chalet. This was Chalet. These are all Chalet. Okay. Everything on the table, including the Barolo that we had in the pre show. Oh, Neat, neat, because they have better prices there than they do. Exactly. So they're in the same town. So if you're making the trip to Boardman, Ohio, you know what? This may have been a V. Making the trip to Boardman, Ohio. This one may have been a V. The the Alma game may have been V. The key is, if you want to save money, go to Chalet Premier first. Yeah. Buy your stuff there, and then go to VE and buy what you didn't see at Chalet. Exactly. Yes, that that is the key, because you're gonna get a better deal at Chalet, and it's. Two miles from V. Cool. Um, yeah, now I think VE's vintage estates. Yes. For those who, I'm not sure if we said Looking that. at the. Yeah, I'm oh, certain. The price tags. Yeah, because yeah. the VEs are red, orange, right? No, the, the chalets are orange. The VEs are white. Oh, white. Okay. There so. you go. There's the insider tip from Greg Weiss. <laughs> Fun yeah. stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Wait, to I didn't even finish our rankings. You're getting ahead of me. Jeez. Jeez. Sorry. Jeez. Should I say it again? One more time. Jeez. Okay, thanks. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer. <laughs> number three, I will switch with the order with Jeff. My, my number three is the McKellar. I think that... Uh, you know, it, I think that we did one or two sips of it, and I think it, it, it's it's easing up on the palate. And I think um, it's easing up on the palate better than the rose eased up on the palate because the rose, as you had more and more of it, it got more more and more medicine-y. And the McKellar is sort of getting more and more, you're getting more and more used to the combination of the coffee and the hops. And I think that is the key. And it's the key difference is that one of them... Uh, you adapt to the other one. It just sort of tastes more and more off as you go. Okay. Can I can I do the closeout now? Give me a few seconds. All right. Not yet. Not yet. Now. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Craft Radio. We really appreciate you taking the time to download the podcast, listening to our BS as we talk about beer here and uh, we will see you next week next time and go I... for the gold I've never heard this far into Googler's dream I don't this is all new to me it sounds you know it's, it's very John Williams isn't it 
You, you can hear Indiana Jones, and you can hear a little bit of Star Wars in there, mm-hmm. and a little bit of Superman. Mm-hmm. Superman, definitely Superman. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody. Excelsior. <laughs>